The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome to the Kilroy Report, where we talk to extraordinary people building extraordinary businesses in completely ordinary times. Except like the last two years have been totally whacked out. So they're, they've been extraordinary. But anyways, that's completely beside the point. It is my pleasure to be here today with Nick Packard at nickpackard.com, who is a fractional CMO. And we were just talking before we started recording about like, it doesn't matter the, the business and that maybe you're just uh, like, you are a promiscuous marketer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to me, it's all about like learning lots of skills. That's kind of how I got my start was just learning different things. And so, and, and the reason I did that was so I can offer my clients more. And so whether it be video, social media, websites, whatever it is, I, I love it all. I am a whore. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so let's, so let's talk about, so who needs a fractional CMO? Everyone. So it, it's, it's kind of funny that you ask that, like my clients range from the mom and pop store that do less than a million in annual revenue to large fortune thousand companies that need help strategy or team building or internalizing something. So it ranges a lot. Okay. All right. So, so, so now I've been in the agency world for 53,000 years back, like when the internet was on cuneiform tablets, like, and a, a like a regular, a regular thing that I see that, that, clients make with agencies is they will hire a search agency or a Facebook agency and they'll say, what's my strategy? Where's my strategy? Build me a strategy. Yeah. And, and, and for, for most agencies aren't capable of that because they are either very channel specific or very, they're either very acquisition specific and they don't really have the ability to build a strategy because they're they've got blinders on and they only think about the services that they offer so so what makes you know so you like fill the gap between the client who doesn't know what their strategy should be and the people that can execute the tactics that support the strategy right yeah you sit in the middle there right yeah, I'm part translator because a lot of companies, they, they know they want a website, but they can't work with the website developer because they don't speak the language. They don't understand what they're, they're asking for, or what they want. They want to place ads, but they don't know kind of what those things are. So my job is really a translator to say, hey, I'm going to bridge the gap between how to get something done, how to define a strategy, and then and actually like just getting it done and knowing how to, how to look at it, you know, holistically and say, what's our ROI? What, what are all those other things, the data side of it? Yeah. Are you typically working with in-house marketers or you're working with freelancers or you, you, you know, are you working with agencies? So 80% of my business is directly with small businesses. And that's right. So, under- so like, so the business is your client, but, yep. but in terms of the execution side, are, are you working with, is it an in-house team, freelancers or agencies that are doing the, the execution of the, the, yep. the work? Most of it's internal teams, um, and mostly I'm doing a, a lot of the executing for the smaller companies. So the much smaller ones, I'm literally going to be defining the strategy, 
creating the content, publishing it, building the website, like physically doing all the activities as well as the strategy side. I can only assume that that is the royal eye because, you know, that you like you must have people that that help you with that because otherwise there's only so many hours in a day that you can be awake. Correct. I have a thing called the, I call the NP collective, which is my collective of freelancers that I use as I get busy. And I do get very busy. I'm usually booked out two months in advance. So when I do get too busy and I can't do all the work, then I do have specific people, whether they're creatives, web developers or things that I, I work with for years that I can trust to say like, I'll still project management, I'll still do, do all of the things for it. But then I'll just say, hey, I need this part of this project done because I just don't have the time anymore. Yeah. And so how does that make you different than an agency? Well, first of all, I don't have employees. And I think that's really the biggest issue that most agencies have is that they've got layers. They've got the the, the newbies that are in there, they're trying to learn. You've got the people that are the, the mid-level that have some experience. You've got the, the senior level strategists, whatever. And, and the biggest difference is a lot of the execution parts done on the lower end of that scale. And then it's just approved by the upper end of the scale. And what happens is you get lots of billable hours and you you sometimes get things missed because you have a, a person with, again, not the, the right experience to do some of these jobs. And so it is it is similar to the agency model, but at the end of the day, I work with only freelancers who are really high-end and high-level people that's their own yeah. business. And to me, you get better results when you work with people who have their own business versus a job where I make 30 grand a year pushing pencils and doing whatever I'm told. People still use pencils, apparently. Oh, the, the push ones only, you know, the push ones Okay, only. all right, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so since you work with a lot of different kinds of businesses, do you have like particular like strategic models or particular like core KPIs that you focus on in order to create better outcomes for your clients? My biggest thing is I create systems for for them because my goal is I I, I joke with them I have commitment issues I don't want to be with them more than nine months. My goal yeah. is to to learn their business, create systems for them, and then hire my replacement so that they can get, you know, because they don't want to pay me, you know, 175 or whatever it is an hour. I'd rather have them hire someone. $1.75, that, that seems like a deal. It's a great deal, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's peanuts. <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's all about creating systems. And so one of the core things I do with every client is I'll, I'll do like a target client profile and messaging so I can understand why they do what they do, their, their hows and their whats. And then break their audience into buckets so I know how to like message them and, and, and communicate with them. And then I, I go from there and create all the other core documents. So whether it be a marketing schedule, whether it be a content matrix for social media, training docs for their website, all, all the core documents. My job is to go in and create it and kind of like start from scratch so they have a system in place. Like here's how we do social media from now on. Here's how we manage the website. Here's how we create our strategy. I kind of create a template for them on that too and say every quarter, this is this is what we have to do. And so, and then from there, they get to a point where I've, I've trained them and, and they take off from there. And then I'm their phone a friend after that. Right. And, and so to, this, to tell some stories about how this, like how this has impacted businesses. Yeah. So I, I think one know, of the biggest... like, this is the time that you brag. <laughs> I'm not a good bragger, but um, I... I'm going to force you to do it. I, I, okay. I have a client who does, uh, they're very unique. So they, they do custom cone crusher parts for, for machines that they, like at a mine or, or a quarry. And they only have five or six total clients they can work with in the world. And marketing has never really been a, a thing for them. And they're, they're a really smaller company, but they do amazing work. And the, the owner's a great guy. And so he was like, hey, I really want to invest in the marketing because I think it can help grow the business. 
And, and part of that is he puts money back into like the local mine community. So anyway, we, we invested some time and money. We did some marketing campaigns. And over the last year, I think we've done close to a million dollars in, in sales just from the, the marketing that we've, we worked on together. And so to me, then he's put a fraction of that back in the community. He's doing sports sponsorships, field sponsorships, building things up for the community he's really passionate about. Plus, he's hired two more employees, and now he is a much bigger, he's acquired a new company. So, so what, what we've been able to do with him has just been like mind-blowing because he has now taken his company, which has already been pretty successful, and taken it to that next level. I'm going to ask you to tell two more stories, one good one, and then we're going to, we're, we're, maybe we'll talk about time where things went, went horribly awry. So tell me another good story. Or actually, why don't you actually why don't you tell me a bad story now, and then we'll bookend it with a good story. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I want to finish yeah. on a high, on a high note. A bad story. So like, you want to tell about like a, when something didn't work out? Because I'm pretty yeah. good at my job. I, I don't. No, know. no, well, right. But so no, the, the, but oh, okay, but, I got one. Like even if like even if you're good at your job, like like either you screw up or like the client doesn't understand or something like stuff goes wrong. Yeah. And I guess recently within the last six months, I started working with an influencer. So he wanted to really grow his brand and become this Twitch influencer. It's not my, my specific thing I've done before. But I've done right. And by things. the way, I'm really, I'm really angry about that. I'm so angry that that didn't work out because I really like, I wanted to connect with my kids and the only thing they watch is Twitch. So right. Yeah. And, and, and this- I, I want my money back, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the problem was with with him is that he was looking for something different than I was offering. And he really wanted an assistant. He really wanted to like tell tell someone what to do and not really follow the process that I have. And and to me, that's a couple months in, you kind of realize like, oh shit, like this really isn't going to work out. Like this is this is just not meant to be. And so then it's like, okay, how do we civilly part ways and do that? But you know, it all came down to again, he just wanted so much. He had not a lot of budget and he just he wanted it all. And so, yeah, it just wasn't a really good thing. It was but the first time I've actually had to end a contract early in probably 10 years. In my agency coaching business, like I've picked agencies that I really wanted to be able to help, but I couldn't because I didn't understand what they did well enough. Right. But I, there are times when you're like, like, I am pretty awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, of course, I will figure that out. Right. Right. Yeah, well, and, and that's really what it was because I, I I could figure out Twitch easily because it's all the same stuff, right? Like it's just an influencer. How do we how do we grow them? It was very simple, but the problem was he just wanted so many things to be done, and they were so like minuscule. Like I'm like, dude, you're not going to pay me one seventy five an hour to like write you a script for an email for this. Like you're not you're not going to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's it's not good for your business. And he was just like, well, I don't care. And I was like, but then he, then he runs out of money for like advertising to grow his audience and do these things. I'm like, well, you just wasted your money having me write shit when you can just write it yourself. And so it was, it, it, we just were on the same page with like how to get things done yeah, that we wanted like, to. Yeah. you like, you, you, sometimes you just pick terrible customers. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah. So, so, all right. Now we can go back to the good story. So, so by the way, that was very good. You told me a bad story. That was not your fault. It was all the client's fault. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> that was my fault uh, for picking them. It was my fault for accepting. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So you're taking like, you're ta- you're accountable for the outcome, but not responsible for it. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely my fault. But I do have a really good one. So when I first started off, one of my, my first big clients was um, Paps, old Milwaukee brand within the Paps family. And did you do they this came to us. What's that? You didn't do it in barter, did you? Like just oh, getting old Milwaukee. It's it started like that. So so we were making these really funny internet videos for for our company for when the time we had our video production company and we would make funny trick shot videos and so we had this idea for this trick shot beer passing video and we were we were partners with funnierdie.com 
And um, we said, hey, who are you guys working with? And we can get some free beer. Well, we'll trade. We'll make a video for them. And they give us free beer. They said, oh, old Milwaukee Paps. Like, cool. So we get them to drop off like six cases of beer or whatever. We pick them up from the warehouse or whatever. We, we filmed this amazing video. And we, we sent it to them and said, thanks so much for their free beer. Here's the video. We're going to post it tomorrow. So instantly, the VP of something really important calls me up and he says, he says, Nick, this is the most amazing video we've ever seen. We, we want to pay you. And I was like, that sounds awesome. This is great. Anyway, why wouldn't you want money? Yeah, this is like how it works. And, and this is before, and this is probably 10 years ago, right? So this is before viral videos kind of were what they are now. It was yeah. kind of the very beginning. So, so we're making this video. We, we have this and then we're, we're like, cool, let's sign the deal. And he's like, okay, but we have some changes we want you to make. And I was Uh-oh. like- yeah, exactly. I was like, dude. And then so we're like, okay, where are these like more branding shots, more this. And then he said, we want to change the tagline from, Hey, pass me a beer to pass me a beer, bro. And I just looked at them. I was like, no, that's, that's douchey, man. Like, we're not going to do that. And so we, we negotiated. Shouldn't they have have said like pabs to me a beer instead of pass me a beer? That's way more clever, by the way. Yes. That would have been amazing. I, I am a marketing genius. I totally am. Certified. Yeah. You, you actually just proved it to me right there, which is great. <laughs> so we, we basically just said, we're going we're gonna to reshoot it with a different brand. We, we thank them for their offer, but we just said we knew it was a really good video the way it was. And so we we're just going to reshoot it. The next day they called us back and said, nope, you can do whatever you want. If, if you feel that strongly about it, you can do it. And fast forward five years after that, we've made six videos with them, done commercial shoots. It's the most successful video in Pabst's history with over 150 million views on it. Uh, and, and you're going to give us the link to that video. Of course, I'm going to give you the link. There's multiple ones. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two or three of them. They're, they're really good though. They're, they're funny. Okay. That's, that's awesome because anybody who can make a, a good video about old Milwaukee, like that's true creative genius. It, it really, and wait, when you see them, you're going to die. They're just, they're just so stupid. They're funny. They're, they're just great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so like, how do you get your, your head around like the difference between that, like mom and pop shop and a major, uh, and a, a major brand? Like, how do you, like, how do you think, I mean, like the stakes are different. The resources are different. The complexity is different. So how do you, how do you make that mental shift, you know, shift up and shift yeah. down? it's they're all companies are the same they all have the same problems they're just on different scales right they all have the internal turmoil they all have this so to me i kind of approach them as all the same thing like there's a marketing problem that i know i can solve i just have to figure out who the players are and and what i have to work with internally what what budgets and timelines like i just kind of go into thinking very like systematically like what do i need to make this get done what are the hours i have to accomplish it and, and when do they want to have it done by and so i kind of approach everything the same that way but at the end of the day, it's very different. Most of my clients are the smaller businesses. There's not too many of the larger ones, but the larger ones are a nice like, way to justify the fact that I prefer working with smaller businesses because there's all the layers and all the BS you deal with sure. on the, yeah. the yep. bigger corporate ones. And they're just not as, not as fun. The, the small and, ones and, you are working, you know. And also, when you were talking to the, the, the CMO of, a major company, the, the kind of guy who puts on a $500 t-shirt under a thousand dollar blazer. <laughs> They're thinking like, does it say something bad about me that I'm hiring this guy? Totally. By the way, totally. Yeah. I always feel like awkward. Cause I'm like, okay, you've hired someone else to do your job for you. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, so, so that either makes them like really bad at their job or really amazing at their job. 
right? Yeah. Like they're recognizing their weaknesses and, and ex- exploiting your talents. That is true. And one of my clients, that was the case where she was extremely pulled in multiple directions, but she was the most, probably most amazing leaders I've ever worked with, to be honest with you. She was, she had very good sight of like where, where she wanted to go and she knew she had to build a team and, and she knew that she needed a specific piece to help get them where they wanted to go. And so, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. All right. Okay, good. All right. So, so what is it, what do you do on, like, you, you get hired by somebody, what do you do on day one? It's either a digital ecosystem assessment or just kind of like a basic discovery call, the kind of the shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so a, a digital ecosystem assessment is essentially, I go into their website, their social channels, I do some basic search, some just kind of the, the main channels, the main digital footprint of their business. And I'll just create an analysis, usually like a 10 to 15 page report of all the things that I think could be enhanced or fixed or, or replaced, whatever that may be. And that kind of gives us our roadmap of like things that we could do. Right. And at that point, your customer like nods at you and is thinking, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and, and they're also very excited because they're like, no one has looked at things this way before. And then we just, right. you know, they, then we, they didn't even know they had a YouTube channel. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, when did yeah. that happen? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's a really cool way to kind of like get an outsider's perspective and then just say, cool, well, now we have our list of things that you could do. Now we can talk about budget and timeline and all those things, what makes sense for them. And then we kind of set our plan and that's how the kind of agreement or engagement period starts. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And what's sort of the, like the, the time to, to things getting better, because I think a lot of consultants and, and, and agencies are like, well, we give you this audit with this, like all this information in it. And like, and they hand it up to you, like, isn't this so valuable? Like it's, it's perfect. It's your roadmap. It's like, it's the most beautiful audit that has ever been. And the customer looks at it and says, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, no, like, yeah. Like if we, if we didn't have broken links on our site, our SEO would be better. Yeah. And, and so, and so how do you get from that stuff that, that the, the, the marketers slash creators slash technicians they're like well this is the thing you need to fix and here's the wire that's broken and if you connect it to that wire it's going to all be better like how long does it take for you to for your your clients to start going from like whoo that was like uh, at a dollar 75 an hour this guy's really expensive <laughs> and and by the time they like the by the time they're reaching for their second ten dollar bill they're thinking like like when am, when am i going to get money back so we, would, we usually set a couple of different goals. So we'll set a short-term goal and we'll say, what's the closest to the dollar thing that we can do right away? And so whether that's search engine ads, yeah. whether it's social ads, whether it's like, whether their initial lead is we need more people. So we need an internal market, whatever those things are, we set short-term goals of like, here are the things that we want to accomplish in the next four to six weeks or whatever that time frame is. Our goal for the next three to six months is this. And then our stretch goal that we hope to accomplish before we, we part ways with this contract is, is this. And that's kind of how... I lay things out so there's a very clear deliverable on, on what they're getting because whatever that I want to set a reasonable expectation for every you know company I work with. And it might just be, hey, we just want a better looking website in the next eight to ten weeks that that has more content out. Like that might be the deliverable for them. And others might be, I need to make 10 grand more in, in online revenue. And and so we just you know talk about those things and then we set our goals. And I can only so I've I've been a client side CMO and managing like 53 bazillion vendors. Uh, when they're all calling me every Thursday, like, Hey, we've got this new thing. That's really going to move the needle for you. Well, it's not Friday and, afternoon at four o'clock. I <laughs> know oh, they know that these were happening like on Thursday afternoons because what they really wanted to do 
was say, hey, let's meet for drinks tomorrow so they could so they could get me to say yes. That's right. Really yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then I have been the agency guy calling my client like, hey, I've got something new for you. It's really going to move the needle. Um, except <laughs> I was telling the truth only. Right. But uh, yeah. so but, but I can only imagine that that your especially your smaller customers just must feel a, a, like a, a big sense of relief that they don't have to they don't have to be like the the arbiters of veracity. Like they they don't have to decide who's telling the truth and who's who's blowing sunshine up their skirt. Yeah, and that's why I mean I have a very honest and transparent approach with everything. I am very upfront with what I cost and what I do. I send weekly recaps every Friday. Like after our, our our call, I will be basically writing out to all my clients what was done this week, very specific bullet point list, because mm-hmm. that transparency part is always lost in it. Of like, hey, what what did you actually do for me this week or this month? And so it really helps. That, that process for me and my clients, that transparency um, and just saying reasonable goals. Like I'm not going to overpromise and underdeliver anything. I just, and I love small businesses. And I don't know if I, I told you, but I'm actually a business coach um, as well, because I started helping so many small businesses with their marketing. And I just, I get goosebumps even like thinking about it. Cause it's like you, you're taking someone's like that's working 70, 80 hours a week and just killing themselves. And now they're working 50 or 60 hours a week and making more money and they have more freedom and it just, it's just this amazing feeling of like, you've helped someone on a different level that, that impacts their family and their future generations. Like I, I get that a thousand percent because the, in my agency coaching, like that moment where, where somebody like something that never worked before has suddenly worked in yeah. whatever they like, I just, I had a conversation earlier today where a really fantastic creative agency, like really, really super great. But yeah. the guy gets so excited about the work that w- like when the client says our budget's $20,000 and he starts saying like, okay, what can we do for $20,000? And he starts thinking and thinking and all of a sudden he's like, oh, this would be cool. Well, we can do that thing too. And then we can do this thing. And suddenly he's giving them $70,000 worth of work for $20,000. And and just today he we, we had our call and and he said, like, so I had a sales call today and I did that thing where I like I started thinking about what we could do and it got bigger and bigger. And 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 then before I said anything, I told them the price that it should cost for what we talked about before. And yeah. It's like, oh, that's 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 a lot. Like, can't you like can't we do it for less? And the guy said, No, like this is like this is how much it costs. And the client eventually like, all right. Yeah. And so, and this is the first time where, like the first time in, in where, where he has signed a deal that's got plenty of, of margin for him. So it's the, like the first, the first deal that like feeds his business rather than like that makes his, rather than keeping his business barely chugging along. And I'm not kidding. When he told me that, because I've talked, I've, this guy's been a client for a long time. The fact that he had this success, I actually cried. Yeah, I honestly yeah. like like tears came to my eyes because I was like, "Ugh, finally!" Like this guy who's yeah. so talented and so brilliant and so kind and so thoughtful. Like now he's like now he's got this skill mm-hmm. where his life gets better from here. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, and I, I feel the same way all the time. Like I, I literally just like to help someone realize their dream or to help some get them closer to like accomplishing. That. I mean, it, there's just no feeling like it in the world. I just, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So, so, so how did, how did you get to be a 
fractional CMO. Like I, I, I'm guessing that when you're like seven years old, riding your bike, thinking, <laughs> well, I could like, I like, I could make like a cool jump to go over. Yeah. Or I could think about being a fractional CMO. I'm guessing that discussion <laughs> never happened. It was a happy accident. I, my grandma had passed away and left us a little bit of money and said, the, the rule is you have to start a business with this money if you're going to get it. And so I so started. I've never met your grandma, but she is awesome. Yeah. What, she's what, what a, the, the best. I mean, literally. So, so what happened was I took that money and invested in a animal care business with my mom. It was my mom's dream to always have this boarding daycare grooming, like this all in one place. So we, we put our money and again, it wasn't a ton. It was just something. And we, we, we did this business and we ran it for six years and we grew it to like a two or $3 million a year business. And it was amazing. It was like, I learned more in those years than I could have ever learned in college of any degree I've ever got. But it's like the, you can't afford payroll, all these things, whatever. So we, we grew it and we sold it. Well, right as we're selling it, all these other local business owners. And again, I'm like 20, 24, 25 at the time. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a young, younger guy at the time. And all these business owners like, Hey, what did you do to grow your business? And so I started taking them out for lunch and just giving away free advice. Cause again, I just wanted to help. Right. That was like in my, yeah. in my blood to just help. Well, all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing this for like a year and, and I'm at lunch with this guy and he goes, Nick, you're an idiot. He's like, this is your new business. Like, this is what you should be doing. And, and I was just, that was my moment of like, it was, yeah, you're right. And so I, from there, it started really small with just, you know, one client at a time and figuring it out, like how to make it work for me. And then it kind of grew to like one client a year to three clients a year to, to six. And now I, I do probably 50 or 60 clients a year that I, I work with. And I just, I've been, I've learned over the years how to make it work for me. That's awesome. That's great. And your, your grandma totally rocks. Totally. She's the best. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a cooler way of, of teaching me that, that valuable okay, lesson. Like, wow. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right. Thank so you. we're, we're rubbing up against time here. So if people wanted to, to find you and take advantage of your, your sort of aw shucks approach <laughs> that is full of brutal pragmatism and system building, where would they find you? Nickpackard.com is my website. And that's Packard like the car. Like the car. Okay. That's great. I'm glad you know that. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I went to college in South Bend, Indiana, where they built Packard. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So just nickpackard.com. And that's got all my information on both business coaching and my fractional CMO business. All right. Hey, Nick, this has just been a slice of heaven. And in the show notes, we will have the, the links to those, the Pabst me a beer bro <laughs> videos. So much better idea. Like where, where were you 10 years ago? Jesus. I, I was running an agency 10 years ago. <laughs> you should have called me. I blew it. I blew it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Because because like that probably would have sold at least one more six pack. Totally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. This is this has just been great, everybody. Uh, Nick Packard at nickpackard.com. Uh, fractional CMO, uh, creative collective wrangler, and and all around. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much for your time. Yep. Thank you. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good. 